Ah, so let's begin with that blessing and that prayer. So grateful, so thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to the infinite love of God that's revealing itself in our awareness. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to dynamic healing, insight, wisdom, and clarity. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to consciously say yes to insight flowing through our awareness. We join together for this purpose. We are grateful to know that we are profoundly supported in the invisible. We're making ourselves so receptive to the clarity, so receptive to the insight, so receptive to the inspiration that we cannot help but be transformed by it. We are grateful and thankful to join together in this way for our healing and we share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. All right. So starting us off here in our prayer power classes, uh, I'm going to do a bit of a review for everyone because one of the things that I notice sometimes is that uh, people are um, not just, uh, the, it, it feels like there's not a real clarity sometimes about the G-O-D-S prayer that I'm sharing with you. And so uh, one thing, of course, you can do is go back and review the prayer power weeks from uh, originally. And I, I do encourage you all to uh, go back and listen. Uh, one of the advantages for people who are in year two and three and beyond is they, they can re-listen to or listen, attend the uh, year one classes. And so uh, many of them do many, many re-listen all year long to the classes. And of course, they're never the same each year. There are always differences, always things that uh, I, I'm often saying things I never said before because I'm getting new insight all of the time. And so the thing about prayer is prayer is really, it's our communion with God. And for those of you who are Course in Miracles students, I encourage you to perhaps look at the Song of Prayer, which is uh, an addendum to the, to the Course, and it is... Um, It's like a pamphlet, it's a booklet. There are two booklets and one of them is the Song of Prayer. And it starts with, prayer is the greatest gift with which God blessed his son at his creation. Prayer is the greatest gift with which God blessed his son at his creation. So at our creation, we were blessed with the 
gift of prayer, that's our greatest gift. And true prayer, it says, is a way offered by the Holy Spirit to reach God. And so, and, and it says, prayer cannot succeed until you realize that it asks for nothing. So some of you have had, as I've had, you've had uh, training or experience in uh, science of mind teachings or the unity teachings, uh, which uh, grew out of the teachings of um, Phineas Quimby. And um, so we have Ernest Holmes and we have the Fillmores and we have... Um, Emma Curtis Hopkins. And what, what they all taught is based in the teachings of Jesus, which is that our prayer is a declaration. We're not asking for something. We're declaring something. So that's really key for us to understand in our prayers. We are not entreating, as it said in that passage I just read uh, from the Song of Prayer. We are not asking for anything. Why are we not asking for anything? Anybody know why we're not asking for anything? I'm gonna unmute uh, Laurel here. Because we already have everything. We already have everything, that's right. Yes, we already have it. So, If we are asking for something, we've forgotten that. We've forgotten that. And the answer is not to, um, to get what we don't have. The answer is to remember that it's pre-installed. So that's the thing is, we don't pray for things. We pray really fundamentally to not to be Jennifer, we're, we, we're losing you. You're garbling. Yes, I'm calling for my internet to come back more strongly. Is it better now? Yes. Good. So we're... We're not praying to ask for anything. We're praying to experience and to know and to recognize that which is already ours. Because every problem that we have comes from our forgetting that we don't already have it, that it's, that it's already pre-installed. So this is why in my daily prayers every day, it's always about having a realization of the truth that sets us free, having a realization of abundance, having a realization of wholeness, having a realization of freedom, a realization of clarity. This is what we're praying for, is to release all the blocks to that full knowing, that full realization. Because underneath all of our beliefs, and our opinions, our judgments, all words really for the same thing, underneath all of that is our clear knowing. So all of our work in Masterful Living is to remember the clear knowing. 
And that clear knowing is our awakening. It's our ascension. It's the atonement, as A Course in Miracles says. So uh, when we are praying, we are declaring and planting seeds in the divine mind. So we don't ask for anything because we already have everything. But what are we uniquely doing in this world? We are expressing ourselves. That's what this world is for. It's for our expression. It's for us to call things into being and to be as our creator is creating in this world, creating expressions of pure perfection. So creating expressions of beauty and wisdom and joy and freedom, that's what we're we're called to do in this world. And so many of us, we're really working to let go of all attachment to ideas of lack and limitation so we can be as we're designed to be, which is highly creative, highly expressive, and truly being in service to the light and and uh, creating magnificent expressions of pure beauty and perfection in all kinds of ways. So I had said that uh, just before class, I was at a full moon drumming circle with Venerable and we were chanting and there was drumming and that was such a beautiful, pure expression of, of beauty, of wisdom, of truth. And we all, we felt it. We felt it in our hearts. We felt it in our very being. And it was uh, quite magnificent. So not everything that uh, we create that's beautiful is something that you can hold in your hand or you can point to. A lot of it is creating expressions of love that we, we feel together. And those expressions of love that we feel together, that we experience together, they are eternal. And they are, have an eternal effect because they're real. So only love is real. And that's what we are. So in our prayers, we're truly looking to express that which is real and to remember that which is real and to attune to that which is real. So remember what it said in the um, uh, song of prayer where it says, prayer is a way offered by the Holy Spirit to reach God. It cannot succeed until you realize that it asks for nothing. It says, true prayer must avoid the pitfall of asking to entreat. Ask rather to receive what is already given and to accept what is already there. Now, one of the important aspects of uh, this, our connection in prayer with spirit is as you know, with my prayers, ending and uh, beginning and ending with gratitude. Beginning and ending with gratitude. So when we move into gratitude, we automatically lift our vibration up. 
so that we can see and hear and know and feel more clearly the truth. So it helps us to attune to that uh, higher Holy Spirit self, to the I am presence, to the Holy Spirit. Gratitude lifts us right away. And uh, when people are really suffering and uh, feeling uh, physically, emotionally, mentally distraught, uh, it's amazing how gratitude can shift that energetic so quickly. So that's, that's the, one of the key parts of our GODS prayer is the GODS prayer that I teach in our class. The second part of the GODS prayer is offering. So there's, there's two kinds of offering that we are making in our prayer. One is that we're offering all the blocks to love. And I often say you know, about laying on the altar, the holy altar fire of divine love, because I, I, I really enjoy that imagery of placing on that fire, that holy fire, a, a, an idea, a belief, uh, an attachment, a craving, a longing, uh, known or unknown, that is blocking my experience of remembering the truth, recognizing the truth, and giving thanks for the truth. So I like to uh, make that offering of the blocks, known and unknown, felt and not felt, recognized and unrecognized. And then the other kind of offering that we're making is we're offering the things we think we need, the things we think we want. It's the attachments. And we're offering to, in a very real sense, we're offering ourselves up. We're offering ourselves to be employed by God Incorporated, but to be employed and used by the Spirit. Because you know, when we're used by the Spirit, we can't be used up. We're going to be filled. We are going to be filled. And then the third part of that G-O-D-S prayer is the D is uh, the declaration. And it is the, uh, what Ernest Holmes would call the realization, the declaration. So those are the statements that I make in the prayers every day about what, <clears throat> what we're calling forth, what we're accepting, what we're allowing. So those declarative statements are not asking for anything. They are declaring that this is so. This is happening now. So we declare our wholeness. We declare our freedom. We declare our abundance. Because our mind is the mind of God. And all day long, uh, what many people do is they declare their sense of lack. They declare their fear. They declare their worry. 
they declare their sense of separation. So prayer, we're stepping into that place of remembering the truth and declaring the truth. And then the S in the G-O-D-S prayer is the sharing. So we're sharing the benefits with everyone. Uh, I also, I always clo close it out with uh, what to me is extremely important, which is that we're allowing. We're allowing the prayer to be made manifest. Sharing it and allowing it. But I... Just to keep it simple, I've got the four stages, the G-O-D-S, the gratitude, the offering, the declaration, and the sharing. And the sharing is really critical because in that sharing, we're remembering that we're one with everyone. And that is an extremely important, very valuable part of our spiritual practice and particularly our prayer practice so we're praying, and when we share the benefits with everyone, we are including everyone in our prayer. We're remembering that we're not separate. So that's why that sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them is so important to every prayer that we do. I have such a strong feeling when I do that, that the prayer just multiplies. And it's so much stronger when we share the benefits with everyone. Many people have been raised on prayers that actually affirm false idols. And uh, in that section in the Song of Prayer, it says, uh, it is impossible to pray for idols and hope to reach God. Impossible to pray for idols and hope to reach God. And then it says a little bit later, you've been told to ask the Holy Spirit for the answer to any specific problem and that you will receive a specific answer if such is your need. You've been told that there is only one problem and one answer. In prayer, this is not contradictory. So one problem and one answer, who, who can help us and, and remind us what is the one problem and the one answer. Are you raising your hand, Angela? It's like being in school. Um, is it fear is the problem and love is the answer? That's wonderful. Um, the Course in Miracles also says it another way that uh, is uh, more about how Course talks about uh, the, pro the problem. Separation. Yeah. Oneness. Yes, exactly. So the, the one problem we have is we believe we're separate from God 
And so the, the answer is to remember the unity and oneness. And of course, Get my phone turned off. Our brothers and sisters are our salvation because they help us to remember that we're not separate from them, right? So that's key is all day long, our brothers and sisters are helping us by reminding us to remember that we are one with them rather than to energize thoughts of separation. Yes. So, does anybody have any questions about that before I go any further? Anybody? Let's see, we've got a few. We've got Angela, we've got Laurel. Let's start with Angela here. Um, just a quick question. The Song of Prayer, is it a separate book? Or is it yeah, in the Yes, it's a separate booklet. Oh, but you can buy a booklet. You buy it separately. Okay. Yes, usually you do. I think maybe some versions of the course now come with it. Okay. There's, there, um, they're like pamphlets okay. or booklets, and there's one, the Song of Prayer is one, and then there's one on psychotherapy. Oh, okay. And they're they're basically addendums to the the course. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, let's see, Laurel was raising her hand. In the part about um, giving up things that we're attached to, how, how does that relate to um, deep desire of the heart? Can you, um, what's the difference between an attachment and a deep desire of the heart? What's specific? Oh, that's great. Yes. Thank you. Great question. You're, you're not. Oh. Here. Yeah. I, I, um, I came to this place to get a better internet, but sometimes people are still using the internet and I, I, I don't have any choices. Um, but it does really help me when you let me know that you can hear me better. So I, I'll keep talking so that someone can tell me they can hear me better. You, you, it's much better now. Thank you. Uh, so, Attachments are needing, wanting, craving. And uh, so needing and wanting, there's a sense of I am lacking. 
Without this, I'm less than. Mm -hmm. That's the needing, wanting, craving. Okay. And uh, attachments are also come in the form of, of aversions. I hate that. I can't stand that. I need that to change. I need it to be different. I want it to be different. Uh, I don't want this. I want something else. Um, the deep desire of the heart, the word desire is the sire, which is um, of the father, the sire of the father. And so uh, that deep desire of the heart, it, to me, it's so powerful because when we're doing that work of the deep desire of the heart, it's very, very prayerful. And what we're doing is we're truly energizing how it would feel to have or experience the highest and best, really. It opens our mind to a higher vibration of experiencing the having of what we desire. So for uh, the the majority of us, uh, the biggest challenge that we have is relationship. For the most part. I'm not sure if somebody is unmuted besides you, Laurel, but i um, hearing some noise. Um, oh, yeah, Rosalind. I'm just going to mute you. Um, so when we're doing the deep desire of the heart, let's say about relationships, since I strongly recommend to everyone, if you're having any relationship issues, Ho'oponopono is so helpful. And um, doing the deep desire of the heart is so helpful. And the divine experiment is so helpful. These things are truly transformative and helpful to us. And they're all very prayerful in their own way. They really are. So if I were going to do the deep desire of the heart about one of my relationships, I would do it like this. The deep desire of my heart is to know peace in all my relationships. The deep desire of my heart is to feel expansive, to feel loved in my relationships. The deep desire of my heart is to feel loving and patient and kind and generous in my relationships. The deep desire of my heart is to see the perfection in all my relationships. The deep desire of my heart is to know the peace of God in my relationships. The deep desire of my heart is to transform all my relationships into holy relationships. The deep desire of my heart is to get the ego out of my relationships and to feel completely at peace and harmonious in my relationships. The deep desire of my heart is to feel free to love, to fully and deeply love in all of my relationships. 
So that's an example of, of just, you know, a minute's worth of deep desire about a relationship. And um, when I was first given this tool by the higher self, I, I started, I loved doing it so much that I would do it for an hour, even two hours a day. And I would just keep going and going and going with it. And uh, it, I, it really recalibrated me to a much higher level of experience. So for instance, I think many of you have come to see over the course of the year so far, uh, where your, your judgments and your opinions are so strong, there's such a strong attachment to them. And you begin to realize this. Uh, many people tell me year after year that uh, when we do the check-ins, they'll say, you know, Jennifer, when you started talking about opinions and judgments at the beginning of the year, I thought, oh, I'm not a judgmental person. I don't have many opinions. And then they'll tell me in March or so, they'll be like, oh, my God, I realized I'm one of the most judgmental people. I, I know. I just nonstop judgments and opinions. And so one, one of the easiest ways I find to shift that is through prayer and to be prayerful and doing the deep desire of the heart work is so prayerful. And uh, let's say we're focused on something we don't like. And it, 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 you know, when we're focused on something we don't like, it, it can be so obsessive compulsive. Mm -hmm. Like we cannot stop thinking about it. It's like one of those things where if you've got a tooth that hurts and you can't stop running your tongue over it and you just, does it still hurt? Yes, it still hurts. It still hurts. It still hurts. And um, we, we find ourselves uh, in that ego identification of being obsessive and compulsively going over and over and over, trying to find out who's to blame, who did what wrong, and how can I fix it? And what, what is the cost of all this? And what are, what, what are all the limitations that are coming forward because of this? Where is all the lack showing up because of this? And what's all the harm that's been done because of this? Over and over and over again, taking stock of the pain and the suffering and who to blame for it, the permanent doubt, damage, and the ego starts saying things like, I'm never going to be able to, I'm always going to be. And uh, one of the ways to truly heal that negative, obsessive, compulsive attachment to complaining, to suffering, to being worried and fearful, to being jealous, is to work with that deep desire of the heart because it so profoundly recalibrates us. It is like focusing in on that um, declaration stage of the prayer and opening ourselves to truly feel the difference when we are having the highest and best, having that which we desire. 
So it, it shifts our vibration so strongly. And of course, when our vibration is higher, because like attracts like, we start to experience a higher vibrational life. Mm -hmm. So this is one of them why tool, the tool of prayer is so powerful and so helpful for us because it instantaneously raises our vibration. And so uh, in certain mystical texts in the Bible, it talks about uh, being in that place of prayer without ceasing. Prayer without ceasing. And the prayer without ceasing is keeping our vibration very high. Very, very high. So that we're truly, we're, we're um, in that place of being receptive to divine insight, wisdom, and clarity. So does that answer your question, Laurel? <laughs> yes, that was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Any anybody else have another question? Any questions? Can't, we've got a lot of people, so can't quite see everybody. So you can also use the raise your hand button, and um, I'm going to call on Paula. Hey, Paula. Hey. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking also when you say because we are one with everyone. Um, I'm having some experiences of, of everyone and everything. You say that a lot too, don't you? We are one with everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, because I'm having some experiences with trees and rivers, <laughs> you know, and um, things like that. And feeling, uh, you know, kind of embraced by them. And so it's everyone and everything, including spiders, you know, and snakes and creatures that one would want to hold at arm's length. So um, I just wanted to see your, um, hear your perspective about that. Yes, well, that's one of the things that we really begin to get, Paula, as we do this work and we clear the, the insanity from uh, uh, the attachment to insanity from our mind. We begin to realize that truly everything is for us and nothing is against us. Although there might be the appearance of someone being against us, we, we really can raise our vibration up and when we're truly focused on love then um it's not that people won't try to harm us because that can happen um obviously but everything will be i, I think of it as being requalified so if someone has ill intent it'll be requalified to um to bring to bring benefit to bring benefit somehow, some way. And that's divine grace. That's what grace is really, is that there's good in everything. So um, Paula, um, I certainly know what you're talking about in terms of the trees and things like that. <clears throat> um, I've, I know uh, absolutely that 
trees are wonderful wisdom carriers and that if you are feeling troubled, uh, one great way to have uh, really magnificent transformation and healing is to go and uh, sit against a tree, lean against a tree, uh, stand next to a tree, sit next to a tree, and ask the tree to support you in remembering your true identity, in remembering the truth. I remember when my mom was so sick um, and in her final months, I would go to um, a walk in the woods and uh, there was this one place that had these, this clump of trees and there was enough, um, <laughs> there was enough, uh, there's a big tree in this room. Um, uh, Dan inside this clump of trees and it I was able to stand inside that clump of trees and it would, it would they, they held me so close. I truly felt it was a healing to me. So I would go and, and stand inside those trees and put my hands on them and, and ask for the highest level of healing and wisdom and clarity. Um, I had a conversation with Venerable about trees one time and she was saying that they are like antenna. And for me, what I love about the trees too is that they're always teaching us how to stand up straight, really. And they're always teaching us how to have an offering practice. So uh, for those of you who are uh, who feel lack and limitation acutely, uh, I encourage you to have an offering practice. It's a, it's a prayerful practice. So prayer is part of uh, our offering practice. We're offering prayers. Uh, there are many different kinds of offering practices. Um, and um, so we can offer things like smudge, we can offer uh, to we can offer uh, abundance tithes and offering like that. Uh, we can offer in the form of giving of service and being of service. Many many ways to have an offering practice, and Uh, what, one of the things about trees that uh, I learned that really touched me deeply is um, there is a uh, place in, I believe it's in Arizona, called the Biosphere, and uh, where they uh, have, um, uh, it's, it's contained in a dome, uh, this area where uh, it, it was uh, an experiment uh, with the idea that this community 
was would be protect from any kind of nuclear fallout and so uh the idea is that they were looking to have all kinds of plants and animals and things like a like a noah's ark kind of thing on the land um and everything worked great inside that dome except why they fall over them, they don't grow strong and tall. So the wind pushing against them forces them to learn how to grow strong and tall. But in that biosphere, there was no wind. And so they, they had to prop all the trees up. A friend of mine went and visited and told me about it. And so the trees, I as where uh, my family home in Maine. Uh, let me tell you, in the winter time, no. Your voice is cutting out, in and out, Jennifer. Thank you. So, uh, in. Uh, on the coast of Maine there, where you're wide open to the ocean, there's nothing to uh, block the wind. The wind is intense. And those trees are so strong from standing there in that, those gale force winds, so cold in the wintertime. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. And the other thing about trees is they... They offer all kinds of things. They're just a constant offering. They offer shelter. They offer shade. They frequently offer food. Uh, they offer home. All kinds of things. And so that the trees, and they do it for sometimes hundreds of years. So the trees are uh, extraordinary beings, extraordinary beings, just extraordinary. So I encourage you all to go and have a, a wonderful experience with trees and see, start to, and you can look, sometimes you can see the face of the being in the tree, the spirit in the tree. Sometimes you can so clearly see the face of the spirit in the tree. You can ask them questions. You really can. So I encourage you to experiment with that. Um, in, I'm trying to think if she ever talked about it in my radio show. But Regina Dawn Akers has had some experiences where she, she was in complete communion with the consciousness of an apple and feeling what the apple felt, thinking what the apple thought. And in, she had the same experience with a, um, a towel rack in a hotel. The consciousness of the towel rack. And then, uh, and I can tell you one time, I remember when I was in Greece, I felt such as I was uh, standing in the, um, 
the kitchen of my friend's home and I heard such a strong, clear call from the, uh, t the slate stone tiles patio calling me to come and walk upon them, come out of the house and walk barefoot on the stones. So clear, so such a clear, clear, and a voice, a real voice that was so distinct. And I knew that it was the voice of the stones. And Venerable tells a story of when she lived in Brooklyn, that she heard the cries of a turtle that was in a, a basket in a store in Chinatown. That uh, basket of turtles that people would buy to make turtle soup. And she heard that turtle crying and crying for her to come and rescue it. And so she finally went to Chinatown and found the turtle and took it home and it lived in her bathtub um, for a time. And then I think she released it uh, in the wild, something like that. So one of the things to remember about what seem like inanimate objects like stones, towel racks, apples, is that they're all made from elementals. And so these beings have, they have purpose. And they're completely 100% at our service. So if we have the thought, uh, we can bring things into manifestation with our thoughts. And the, the elementals, the elemental beings will form themselves according to our thoughts. Like our bodies are a great example of that. And we, our bodies are made up of the elements. And so all of life is, is actually here to help serve our experience. And we're here to help serve too. To serve the, the expressions of love. To serve the creator. Paula, do you, would you like to say any more? Oh, let me unmute you. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm uh, studying about uh, Lyme Lyme disease, and I, because I have it, and I'm. I was studying about um, bacteria and um, what's the other viruses and uh, herbs, and the consciousness is just, I'm just blown away. I mean, we all are of 
bacteria <laughs> and viruses. They were the part of the elemental beginnings. Yeah. yeah, and the herbs too, to take a natural herb, which has its own consciousness and interacts consciously with the bacteria and the viruses. It's just beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is. I love plant medicine. Yes, because the plants have a purpose like we have a purpose. Yes. And especially, are you studying any of the adaptogenics? Um, have you come across that word? I don't remember. I don't remember adaptogenics. Does anybody know anything about adaptogenics? I can't quite see everyone in one screen here. So. Somebody must know about adaptogenics. You mean how things change and um, and transmute into whatever is the next incarnation for that bacteria or herb or human? <laughs> nope, not quite. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to mute you out. And uh, I, Linda, you said you, you know. Yes, I, I know a little bit. I know that um, mushrooms are wonderful adaptogenics, and they they basically do have the properties to um, help you deal with change, help you deal with changes of the body and changes of your um, changes in your diet, changes in your environment. Um, yeah, they help you to adapt <laughs> to deal with change. Yeah. Um, and I see your hand is raised. I'll come back to you. Um, adaptogenics are, um, adaptogenic herbs can adapt to the environment. So adaptogenic herbs, um, they can fight off bacteria. They can fight off mold. They can fight off all kinds of things like that. So it's like, um, I like this herbal tea that uh, when you drink it, if, if you, let's say you're feeling kind of tired and logy and um, you'd like to feel yourself elevated, but you don't want to have any caffeine, this tea will perk you right up. And if you're feeling, you know, uh, wired up and anxious the tea will help calm you down it's adaptogenic like that so it it will it will help uh bring balance and uh, adaptogenics have uh defenses as well so one of the things for you paula is to really look at um and there's there's have you seen and this is all about prayer, very much about prayer. How many of you have seen the movie that I have in your, your videos called Water, the Great Mystery? How many of you have seen that in the videos? 
Oh, good. Quite a few of you have. If you haven't seen that movie, it's in the videos. So you can watch it on your computer. You can also get the DVD from Netflix. Um, it's, uh, it's a full feature movie about water. And it talks that one of the main features of the movie that it explains in so many ways and it has um, like Nobel Prize nominated scientists in it. So it's a great movie. Actually, um, Marie, who uh, I talked to, she's not here because she's in France. But Marie, um, I would strongly encourage you to uh, watch that movie with your husband. Um, yeah, uh, because he's a scientist, so he likes scientific things. Water, the Great Mystery, uh, one of the things it talks about is the effect of prayer on water. And uh, water is, you know, water is the most amazing element just amazing right we all know that water's the only thing that can be a liquid a solid or a gas it's the only thing on the planet that can do that can be a liquid a solid or a gas right so it can be like a mist or a fog it can be an ice cube or a glacier and it can be a river or a lake uh, so it can be any three of those uh, water has water has water be water can be imprinted because it has memory. So this is why, how many of you have done the medicine water and you've seen the medicine water video and you do the medicine water? A couple of you. All right, so I'm just curious, how many of you have uh, body issues and you're not doing the medicine water? All right. That, it's like a short video, it's on the uh, masterful living page about the medicine water so who is doing the medicine water and noticing a difference who's who notices a difference Vanessa would you be willing to just talk about it for a minute sure so I have my one bottle that I write on a piece of tape all these different qualities that I'm calling forth peace love joy clarity abundance and if I think of any others I just take them on the next the next time so I fill up the, the bottle at night and I put it on my altar and then I also fill up another bottle and I put all the things I'm wanting to release fear worry you name it I add to that one too and then I put that one on the altar and I do that before I might say my prayers at night and in the morning, the first thing I do is I drink, I go into my altar or, and I drink the water. 
um, from the bottle, I'm calling forth the qualities. And it just feels in, just so beautifully healing and cleansing. And it's just a wonderful way to start the day. And then I take the other bottle. Um, I leave it on the altar while I'm saying my morning prayers. And then I take it out to my front patio and I pour it all over whatever plant knowing that it's going to also like compost it's going to go down into the soil and it will requalify and be released and turn into compost so it's like fertilizer and all i can tell you is that i have these two small lemon trees outside this fountain and i've never seen more lemons on these little trees in the like i've had them for about seven years and I can also tell you how happy it makes me when I leave in the morning and I look at them and when I come home towards the end of the day or at lunchtime and I look at them and they just are just full of bounty and it just helps to remind me to love those qualities. Um, I don't know if I call them qualities, but to love the things in myself, the worry, the fear, the sense of lack, to love them and nourish them and they really do transmute and transform into something else quite beautiful and so i like it it just makes me so happy to do that ritual it just brings me great joy and i oftentimes feel like a little girl when i'm doing it and um, if i have had a, a night a sleep where I had a difficult sleep or uh, one night I had an unusual, I usually don't have nightmares or bad dreams, but this was a, a nightmare. And so I felt like in the morning that also just cleansed all that, lifted it away. So I'm very grateful, Jennifer, for that practice. And it brings me great joy and healing and it reminds me also of what I'm calling forth and what I'm releasing so yeah it's great I'd highly recommend it yeah thank you Vanessa so um, one of the things I can tell everyone is that that practice of the medicine water which um, the the most uh, the genesis of it was, I think, in the first year of Masterful Living, uh, Venerable gave this practice of taking a glass of water and you put it by your bed at night before you go to sleep and you ask the angels to turn the water into the perfect medicine for your body and then you drink it in the morning. And so I, I started doing that back in 2009 and I pretty much do it every night and um, I like to get up in the morning and brush my teeth out and this is what I have in the video of the medicine water video and there's also uh, there's written about the medicine water in your uh, journals I um, so I, I wash my mouth out uh, I like to scrape my tongue and rinse my mouth and do all that you can do the oil pulling if you know about that and um 
and then go back and drink the water, uh, the medicine water. And then another thing you can do, and then there's the practice that Vanessa is talking about that um, I added to what Venerable gave. Um, and that, right, that first or second year, maybe even the second year of Masterful Living, there was someone who was studying to be a yoga teacher. And there was um, a posture uh, that she couldn't do. I think it was crow's, crow pose. And so um, she wrote, so I had, I, in the medicine water practice, I have the two bottles, so the positive and the negative. And so on the positive water bottle, she wrote um, that she could do crow's pose, crow pose. And um, one of the things I've done is when I lay and I had a home, I had a, um, uh, I had a um, charcoal water filter on my shower, and uh, so and I had things written on it love, beauty, wisdom, clarity. And I've also put labels on my water filter. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of Dr. Emoto's work with water. And there's some wonderful teaching about it in that movie, Water the Great Mystery. So water has memory, water with healing energy through prayer, through your thought. So you take, uh, every time you have uh, something to drink, you can um, uh, say ho'oponopono. But you see, one of the most important things for us to remember is that we are mostly water. Water has memory. So one of the ways for us to heal our body is through prayer, making prayers. It's been demonstrated that people making prayers over lakes and rivers that have been poisoned helps to restore those waters. So the same is true for our body. So if you have a, um, a physical issue that really bothers you, I would encourage you to make prayers, Paula, because you brought it up, to make prayers many, many times a day, many, many times a day. And particularly if you notice you're feeling worried or afraid or anxious or something like that, to interrupt those thought patterns, you feel the divine alarm clock going off, and to move right into prayer. And that's one of the reasons why I made those willingness affirmation cards, because those willingness affirmations are just a simple, beautiful, prayerful thought. I am willing to have a healing. All kinds of beautiful willingness statements. 
And so learning to have that uh, life of prayer without ceasing, it's not that difficult. And when you really put your, your attention on it and you decide that when you're uh, driving to work, you're going to be working with your affirmations, you're going to be praying there uh, on the road, going to and from work, you're going to, if you're online at the bank or at Starbucks or someplace like that, that you're going to be praying. And if you're um, waiting to pick up your kids from soccer, you're going to be praying. If you're uh, walking down the hall to go to the bathroom, you're going to be praying and praying and praying and praying. And um, every one of those prayerful thoughts is going to bring you benefit. And a lot of times what we're thinking about just doesn't bring us benefit. So really retraining your mind to keep your attention on what brings you benefit, what brings the all humanity benefit because we're one with them. Yeah, so Linda had raised her hand before, and I'm going to unmute you, Linda. <clears throat> um, I just wanted to let folks know that you can get a free PDF of the Song of Prayers from the Foundation for Inner Peace. You can download it for free. Oh, that's great. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, there you go. Also, it's in the newer blue books. It's in the back of the newer blue books. So if anybody's buying a recent A Course in Miracles book with the blue cover, it's in the back. Let's see, Felicia. Hi, um, what did you say you do after the tongue scraping? Oh, uh, I talked about oil pulling. Oil what? Pulling, P-U-L-L-I-N-G. What is that? I have to charge you extra if I'm gonna tell you about that. <laughs> Just kidding. Who, who knows what oil pulling is and would like to share? Anand, okay. Well, basically, I haven't done it in a long time. Um, so if somebody knows this better than me, let, let me know. But um, what you do is you take like a particular kind of oil. You can find out online which kind of oil to use. I think it's uh, safflower oil, I believe. Um, is recommended and um, you take like a teaspoon of it or a, a tablespoon of it and put it and, and put it in your mouth without swallowing it and then you sort of like you sort of, it's hard to describe it you sort of pull the the oil through your teeth and then push it back out into your like the area between your teeth and your mouth so keep your mouth closed and you sort of pull it in and then push it out and keep doing that for like five to 10 minutes um, and then spit it out and rinse your mouth out. And that's basically what it is. Um, but it's supposed to have a lot of benefit um, in Ayurvedic uh, medicine or in reality, but in that branch is, is where it comes from. Yeah, thank you, Anand. You're welcome. 
So it, it is an Ayurvedic healing f- technique for your mouth. And Ayurvedic is A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-I-C. And um, most people recommend sesame or coconut oil. And um, I, have, I believe that people have found that coconut oil is the most healing. And you do it for like 10 to 15 minutes, ideally. And you are swishing it around your mouth and you're swishing it also between your teeth, like you would do with swishing water. And so, you know, um, and so what the the technique is, uh, if you get a tongue scraper, which is this U-shaped metal um, thing that has handles on the end usually, and you scrape your tongue, so you're not brushing your tongue in the morning, uh, you're, you're scraping it, and then you rinse it off, and you scrape, and you rinse, and scrape, and you rinse, and then you do the oil pulling. Or you can swish water uh, and then do the oil pulling. And uh, we had someone in Masterful Living last year who had some uh, real issues with their, I think, with their gums and teeth. And then they just started doing oil pulling and uh, things got a lot better real fast. So highly medicinal. I, I honestly, I, have, I cannot understand why uh, every dentist in America doesn't teach that, except that I guess it's so healing that it uh, would eliminate the need for a lot of uh, procedures. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any other questions about anything? we've covered so far any other questions Marilyn I was just wondering what would be the correct way or a good way of praying about the technology problems we're having. Ah, good one, good one. It it would be about clear connection. That's what it feels like to me. Clear connection, clear communication. Also, we can, we can uh, I, I sometimes will talk about calling upon the, uh, the technology angels. <laughs> yeah. That's good, I like that. Yeah. There, there I, I feel that there are angels for everything. Angels who specialize in everything and to call upon them. This is my uh, last class here in Vermont for a while. And um, 
I'm flying to Arizona, and uh, on the weekend, I'm going to be with uh, Patricia Cota Robles. Uh, she's got her World Congress on Illumination. So I'm going to that for five days. And so next time we have class, I'll be uh, connecting with everyone from, uh, from uh, break in the conference. So that'll be wonderful to be able to share with you. Yeah. All right. Any any other thoughts or questions? Any ahas or insights that anyone has had lately? We had such dynamic we had such a dynamic discussion last time and the relationship classes any anything anybody would like to report on healing miracles laurel i had a, a really interesting week um about a month ago i had Put, I don't know if everybody knows about nextdoor.com. I think it's all over the country. Anyway, it's, you know, you sign it by neighborhood and you just can sign up and, and all your neighbors, you can communicate and you can ask all kinds of things. So I decided that I would just take a risk and ask if there were any cats in the neighborhood that I could come and pet. <laughs> and nobody responded except some people with dogs and so i've had this incredible relationship with two dogs now however in this last week on friday um i got an email through nextdoor.com from a woman who said i remember i saw your post and i have to give up my 10 year old cat whom i love so much but my son is very allergic to him would you be interested? So on Sunday, I went over to, I just walked right over there and we just had, I don't know, just, you know, they, we just had such an amazing connection. We were just so much on the same wavelength. I've always wished for a friend within walking distance of where I lived. It's a lifelong deep desire of my heart. <laughs> and and there she is Aww. and i and her cat um she talked about her animal psychic and i talked about mine and we thought well yours can talk to mine and we'll figure out what this cat really wants and as i'm walking home do you remember the barking dog that i was quite upset about well i've made my peace more or less with the barking dog in the in their family but I was walking by and they have a cat as well. And the, the wife said to me, Are, would you be interested in having our cat come live with you? <laughs> so in three days, I got two offers 
to have wonderful cats come and live with me with neighbors. And it would be like this completely new experience of co-parenting a cat instead of being a sole owner. And I'm so thrilled with this. And I just feel it's such a miracle. And a wow. friend that I can walk now to see. Wow. Yeah. That's wonderful, Laurel. Yeah, very exciting. And I'm curious, is the barking dog still bothering you? I'm not a fan of the barks, <laughs> but I love that dog. And so it's okay. I, I, it's okay that I'm bothered by it. That's, that's where I'm at with it. It's okay. It'll stop. It doesn't go on forever. Wow. And I send him love when he's just barking away. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, so many miracles can happen when we're willing to look at things differently. When yes. we're open-minded. Yes, that's it. I just felt like I was open. I'm just putting myself out there. It's like casting, kind of like casting a line. And it's like, let's just see what happens. What is the website again? Oh, it's called nextdoor.com. And I mean, I know like a friend of mine in California knows about it and another friend in Washington knows about it. So it's just a really neat way to get recommendations for things. I mean, I found my new doctor that way. I have found a plumber that way. I mean, it's just people sharing with each other or even asking for help. You know, like with my um, TV once, I was at a loss and so two neighbors showed up to help me. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful connection um, avenue. Well, that's answered prayer. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Laurel. All right. So uh, one thing I would like to give you to contemplate and talk about with your prayer partners is an awareness of when you are in your prayer, you're praying about something and you're actually in some way affirming that you have a problem and the problem is real. So to look at where in your prayer work do you start to pray in such a way that you're affirming that you have a problem and that the problem is any questions about that sue i didn't hear the last part i didn't i didn't hear the last part you said 
where in your prayer are you affirming that you have a problem and what was the rest of it? And you're making the problem real. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Do you see any of that happening in your prayer work? Okay. Lori. Yeah, the, it, uh, the connection broke up, so I didn't hear your explanation about it. What do you mean by, in our prayer work, we're making it something real? Yeah, so if you, sometimes when we're praying about something, we're praying in such a way that we're actually affirming that we have a problem. So, um, let's say uh, that, um, or, oh, sorry. We, we had uh, just uh, in the last couple of days, Sheila Wilson, who is the um, leader of our sacred circle community. So she, over, she overseeing the whole thing. She has been uh, in the hospital for a kidney stones and she's had two surgeries. So it could be possible, let's say in a situation like that, for someone to be praying that um, the kidney stones are um, not bothering her anymore, that uh, the kidney stones, um, the pain is being reduced. And not that that's bad, but um, let me see if I can think of an example. Um, people will say, they'll make prayers like this. Um, uh, my prayer is that my husband will stay with me. My prayer is that my husband will realize how much he loves me and doesn't want to leave me. Mm. I can see that the, it's breaking up. Um, so someone will pray and uh, let's say with the barking dog, Laura, if Laura was praying, uh, my prayer is that the barking dog stops barking. My prayer is that the, uh, the barking dog is quiet, um, that the, the dog is, um, that the owners are able to control the dog. So like problem solving in your prayer. Uh, is affirming that there is a problem. If you're trying to think of what the solutions are in, in your prayer and uh, brainstorming about what the solutions are, you're affirming that there's actually a problem. So for instance, with the barking dog, uh, the problem is not the dog barking, right? The problem is that my sense is that the barking dog disturbs me. I'm botherable. I have an opinion, a judgment about the, the, um, uh, the, the barking. I have a sensitivity to it. That, that's really what the issue is. It's not the dog. Dog's just doing what dogs do. And something's, something's going on with the dog. The dog's not at peace. So with something like that, we're praying for peace in the neighborhood. 
that everything in the, the whole environment is harmonious. My mind is har harmonious. Every cell fiber and function of my body temple is harmonious and peaceful. And that this harmony and this peace is being broadcast throughout the neighborhood, throughout the community, throughout the planet. There's nothing but peace. Peace is eternal. Peace is infinite. Peace is in through and around me and everyone because I'm one with them. So there's no, there's no mention of a problem, you see, in that kind of a prayer. So just looking at, do you go to solving a problem in your prayer? Or subtly affirming that there is a problem in your prayer, just to, to be mindful of it. Remember this too, it's so, I think one of the most important things about prayer is to remember that prayer is, it's from our heart. It's not from our intellect. It's from our heart. And all of life already knows the prayer of our heart. When we're praying, we're praying for us to remember to live from our heart. We're praying to remember that we are powerful beings and that our mind is the mind of God. Our heart is the heart of God. Our life is the life of God. Our hands are the hands of God. Our words are the words of God because we are one with God. And so that's what we're praying to remember. That's what prayer is for. It's for remembering that. Not to solve problems. Because... Um, it's like I, I have prayer partners. We've been praying together for 20 years. And my prayer requests are virtually the same for 20 years. Having a realization of the Christ, knowing the truth, living the truth, remembering the truth, demonstrating the truth. Having a realization of the Christ, that solves every perception of a problem. If I am, uh, if I am uh, attuned to the Christ in my mind, am I going to have any problems? I don't think so. I don't think so. However, let me say this, that, and we can talk about this more next week because we're over time, but you can have a full realization of the Christ and be, and be homeless. You can. So one of the things that we do in our thinking and in our prayers is we do attune to our, uh, the very fact that our mind is the mind of God, our word is the word of God, and that we're, what we're thinking about, what we're talking about, what we are uh, energizing, is going to come into manifestation. And so we, we'd like to be mindful about everything that we're bringing into manifestation. More to come.
More to come. Do you have a quick question, Anand? No, I don't have a question. I just had one, one thought that has been recurring in my mind. And I just wanted to, it's just exactly the same thing you just said, was that we, get, we ourselves give power to every thought that comes in our mind. And we have the choice to decide whether or not to give those thoughts power or not, which thoughts to go behind. And it's up to us to decide that, hey, I'm going to go after this thought or I'm not going to choose this thought. And we have that power and we should use it. That's all. That's, my, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. That's right. All right. Thank you, Anand. So let's move into prayer. And I declare the technology is supportive of this prayer. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to the fullness of love that is our very nature. <clears throat> so grateful, so thankful to say yes to the higher Holy Spirit self, to say yes to living in and as our true identity. So grateful to remember the truth about ourselves and everyone else so that we are truly walking in this world as a loving presence. This is what I know for each and every one of us, that we're a loving presence in our family. We're a loving presence in every conversation, in every activity. What I know for each and every one of us is that our words are the inspired words of God, that we are a healing presence in our workplace. We are grateful and thankful to stand in the light of truth. We are grateful and thankful to lay on the holy altar fire of divine love any sense of lack or limitation, any sense of believing anything that's not true. We're surrendering all attachments to that which is false. We are grateful and thankful to let it go. We are grateful and thankful to rise to our divinity, sharing the benefits with all. We allow the healing to be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you, everybody. Thank you so much for a great class. Mwah. Bye for now.